everyone. Welcome back to this final installment of Summertime Bonus Pods before we get into Season 3 of When Does Podcast. Can you believe that, Season 3. Unbelievable. It kind of is unbelievable. And by the by, like we just passed, I think, our 50th episode recently. We passed our 50th episode. We also just passed... uh, but at the time of this recording, over 11,000 downloads. I'm talking That's about insane. right there. That's insane. We cannot thank uh, everybody enough who's been listening and supporting yep. and enjoying yep. the show. Uh, and as always, uh, we are so grateful to you. And we want to say, if you haven't, consider giving us a rating and review uh, wherever you get your podcast. That helps us uh, bump up the charts so other people find us. I'm going to go a step further and say, don't consider just do it. Just do it. Would you just do it for the love of God? It takes, it takes all of two minutes. I mean, we can always, we have, if you go like, if you go to our social media, you'll see we have templates of reviews to just to copy and paste in there <laughs> with five stars. Just That's use them. my favorite. There's a suspicious number of those. Like, I don't know about that. I feel like that template's being overused. Maybe. Uh, but no, it's been incredible. And there's, uh, there's, so much more to come, uh, and so we're really excited about that. But before we get into season three, we thought we would just take a minute and do a quick wrap up of season two and the and the '90s. Ed, what are your reflections Oof. on this last decade we just covered in such exhaustive detail? I, you know, I got to tell you, this was a rewarding season for me. Um, why you might ask? Why I, mean, I might ask? Sure, let me answer that. Ed's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I came into this season a little like eh, 90s. I mean, my memory of it was like eh, hit hit or miss albums, you know, this and that, the other thing. Um, not that that's completely inaccurate. However, kind of reflecting back on what we covered, and we covered a lot of material, A, as, as great as the 80s were in terms of material, released more material in the 90s than the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. By a, by right? a stretch. All the stuff he, he put out. Yeah. It also, and I think the thing that really struck me or kind of gave me a different impression of the nineties is when I did the, uh, the pod with, with PJ Brown hmm. and we were talking about his fashion sense in the nineties. And she said like, he, he never changed his fashion look as much as he did in the nineties. And you can see that goes hand in hand with, he probably didn't change his musical production and style as much as he did in the nineties. Like he was constantly shifting, changing, trying to find that next thing. You could feel that he was discovering, like it was, it's a little different than the eighties where he was leading the pack in a lot of ways. He was kind of setting the trend. Now he was trying to like kind of absorb other trends that were coming down the pike, hip hop, things like that. But it's fascinating. And some of the things he tried, right? Like the different things with the segues, he put opera in his music. He tried to do a full dance thing with his yeah, music. Yeah. Um, he, he released a full acoustic set, a guitar. Um, he, I mean, it's it's actually, it, it, it arguably could be the most fascinating period. of. And then, of course, the fight with Warner Brothers and he gets married and all that stuff. And sadly, some tragedy associated with that. But like, it's probably the most fascinating period of Prince's career is the 90s. I, I have to agree with you. And, you know, I think, um, you know, with 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 a lot of these artists who, uh, you know, they sort of the term you hear now, like uh, in like rock journalism, music journalism, 
uh, terms is they, they use the term legacy artists. That's the term mm. you hear a lot. Sort of uh-huh. these people who have these long established careers who are really superstars. And one of the things I think is fascinating is when you look at these legacy artists, and Prince is obviously one of them, is they all have some period that is considered to be more fallow or uh, they've gone off the track or they've lost the thread. You know, Um, that's true of Dylan. It's true of Bowie. It's true of all, all of them, all of them, because after a while. You want to do you want to do something else. You want to try different things. And right. your audience isn't always going to come with you for that. Sometimes those those choices are ill considered or perhaps ill executed. Um, so when we were getting ready to dive into the 90s, and I knew that for myself personally, I wasn't as familiar with so much of that material. Yeah. Uh, I have to agree with you wholeheartedly that while I don't believe that on the whole it reached the artistic triumph that the eighties did. And I think yeah. most people would agree with that. I think. Right. Right. Having said that it is utterly to use your word, Ed, utterly fascinating. The, mm-hmm. the different modes, the different styles, uh, the sheer volume of material that was released. Um, and uh, you know, the finding I, I I'm a fan of, and I think you are too, finding those gems that have been lost to time, have been a little bit neglected and they don't shine maybe quite as bright as your Purple Rains and your Sign of the Times, right? Yep. So I have just been fascinated by it. And I agree with you. I mean, it's also, I think it probably, I don't, well, I shouldn't even say probably, I think you're right. It definitively is the most fascinating time of his own personal life. The fight with Warner's. The, yeah. the the conversion to Jehovah's Witness, which sort of happens at the tail end of this period, um, yeah. the marriage, the loss of his child, um, you know, the new bands, you know, and I, let let's let's not forget too that the NPG were not like the Revolution. I, I mean, in a number of ways, but not the least of which is the NPG was a rot- rotating cast of right, absolutely. You know, there were some there were some players that sort of stuck around through each iteration, but there weren't many. And so there were it, like there was a constant evolution of sound, a constant changeover of style. And when you step back and you look at it, the whole you go, "Wow, this is just what a fascinating document of an artist's career." I think. Absolutely no. I mean, I, I completely co-sign that. You know, and and it's, I mean, and just the bravery, right? Like, I mean, maybe you know, that's maybe too lofty of a word to use, but like how he went about his battle with Warner's. Yeah, and yeah. he was willing to take a PR crush because he got crushed. Crush. He got crushed, crushed here, crushed overseas. We talked about that. We talked about yeah. that with Steph. Yeah, uh, on one of the fan interviews over in the Netherlands, like just like across the globe, this idea that some guy who just signed like a two hundred million dollar contract was putting slave on his face and saying, "Hey, this they're not treating me right." This record company, everyone's like, "What are you talking about? You're making millions of dollars, right?" Yeah, like we didn't really know the ins and outs of what that. Con- contractual obligation was that Prince was under under with uh, with Warner's, and he was willing to take that hit. Yeah, like he was willing to say fuck it. Like I don't mind if I'm not going to be on the top of the charts. Um, I want to put out the music I want to put out when I want to put it out. You know, and um, and then he even went a step further as we got past the emancipation stage, and he said, you know what, screw this. I'm going to go direct to my fans with the music. 
he was leading edge on that side of it too. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I'll use this absolutely. new thing called the internet. Yeah. And that's I'm going to huge thing. That's huge. That's huge. huge. I don't think that's, that's huge. Yeah. It's huge guys. I mean, you, you all probably know this and maybe it just seems like an afterthought at this point, but like he was on the cutting edge of that. Like I remember him, like one of the CDs had like a website thing and then he had like an interactive yep. online yep. website that you could mess around with. And, and then of course he starts releasing music directly through a direct um, purchase through Prince's, you know, phone number and all that stuff. And he was trying all these different things, like trying different styles, trying different fashions, trying different music and trying different distribution for his own music. Like, this guy was all doing all these kinds of things all in that 10 year period. It's, it's, it's absolutely awe-inspiring. Yeah, I agree. It really is. And the, and the other thing I'll say too, that really struck me at is especially over the summer, as we've been conducting our little bonus interviews and things like that, how many people love the nineties? Yeah. There are, there are serious devotees of Prince's nineties catalog in a way that I, I didn't fully anticipate. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think there are many people out there who would say this is their favorite period. Yeah. Um, you know, with albums like, you know, like, for example, our friend Lee Cocker from Prince Party UK, he loves Diamonds and Pearls. So many people yeah. love the Love Symbol album, which I know is a favorite of yours. You yeah. know, um, I love the Gold Experience, of course. But like there are there are people who are really into this period um, in a way that yeah. I just didn't anticipate, which is also pretty cool and i think that's what fandom is about like you find uh, like no no i'm into this and here's why and you try to explain that and that again i know this is always the fun of having the fan interviews you're, you're, you know that great interview you did with 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 um uh sam yeah you know like it was cool to hear people like sam and and lee um you know who kind of grew up with prince in the 90s like they really started to listen to him like as you got into the 90s and of course yeah. That starting point's always going to feel special, right? Of what was course. your entry point? And if your yeah. entry point was Diamonds and Pearls, it's kind of funny because you hear someone like myself diss that album a little bit as like somewhat of a commercial sellout. I think Steph felt the same about that. But then you hear someone like Sam say, I wanted Prince to put out hits. Yeah. So it, it kind of validated my fandom with him. So yeah. I really like Diamonds and Pearls. I really love right. that he was putting number one singles out again, you know, and that type yeah. of stuff. So Again, the wonder and the beauty of a this guy's canon because it takes you all over the place and everyone has different feelings about different songs and different periods. But it's just been it's it, it was of course very fun to just chat through it and work through it. It really was. It really was. Um, so with you all have, things, yeah. Okay, before you do that, can I ask you this? Did you have a surprise moment or a surprise song that caught you a little off guard um, when you were when we were reviewing the '90s material? Yes. You know what? Um, I, I had two, the two thoughts that sprung to mind immediately were one that how much I love the gold experience on the whole and how strongly I feel about that record. As I've said before, and I'm happy to say it again. And I, I know Ed doesn't feel the same way I do about it, but I do feel like the gold experience is a top tier Prince record. I, I do think that's like a top five album um, of his, but I think a moment that really struck me. And I think this is going to come up as we talk about our lists um the stunning absolutely stunning triumph that is the track crystal ball yeah is such uh like my first time hearing that my mind was just kind of blown it was just kind of blown away by that by that track and the ambition of it the scale of it i really appreciate i'm a big fan of artists 
taking big swings. And, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you strike out, sometimes you, you, you know, you get hit by the pitch, but uh, when you make a hit, when you make contact with that big swing, sometimes it's just an extraordinary achievement. And I think there's something to be said for ambition. And I think, I think that goes to speak to all of the nineties releasing two triple albums back to back, you know, with so much material. I mean, whether or not those albums on the whole hang together cohesively is sort of, you know, we've gone into into depth on all those reviews and uh, on those records. And that's a matter of taste, but regardless of whether or not they're entirely successful, the ambition, I just love, I just love the ambition. I love the swing, the swing for the fences. Absolutely. No, I'm with you there. I think, I think for me, um, I had my first moment um, where I hit a song that I really didn't ever really pay any attention to. And I thought, I really like this song a lot. And it was quite a yeah. discovery. Yeah. And that was a song I will on chaos and disorder, um, which I probably never got that far in the album. I was yeah. kind of forced to do it because we were doing the review of it. And I, I listened to it. I was like, Oh my God, this song, let me play it again. Let me play it again. Let me play it again. Wow. This is a really cool track. So right. like, that was a moment I was like, this is why we're doing the podcast. And selfishly for me, that was one thing. The other one that I thought was a quite an interesting, it was like, it was like being in the lab, like having a theory, putting it into practice in the lab and being like, oh yeah, it's validated was emancipation being too much material. Right. Yes. Right. You know, you know, and listen, I, again, love that Prince. And I remember we're talking fondly about 1996 and like just loving that there were 36 songs in a Prince collection I could listen to. But like I, we talked about, it's hard for me to talk about like, which are my favorite songs because there's so many dang songs and I kind of lose track of them. Yeah. So when we did that, that one off and and again, kudos to Sam for suggesting this, like when we were forced to kind of whittle it down to our 12 favorites, and then I would put that on, I put that on its own separate playlist and played that. And I was like, this could possibly be one of his best albums. Right. Like, yes. Right. If it was whittled down to say the top 12 tracks, like that's, this is amazing album. We uh, get a little lost because of the, just the volume. I agree. We we probably should have done that with Crystal Ball, and we didn't do that. We should have done the same thing with Crystal Ball. Well, if this three was anything worth talking about besides the yeah. ride. I right. mean, this three was just, uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, but I'm with you there. No, I hear you. So with that spirit in mind, Ed and I, uh, we cobbled together um, our top five tracks of the 90s. And um, for anybody who listened to our Summertime Single pod, we're going to do something similar. We're going to just go back and forth you know, five, five, four, four, et cetera, and uh, see what we came up with for our top five singles of the 90s, or not singles, but tracks, top tracks. five tracks of the 90s. Ed, you want to start us off with your number five? Yeah, this is the dark horse, I think, to start off the top here. I, I actually went with Dinner with Dolores from um, Chaos and Disorder is my, my number five. Dinner, and a big favorite of our friend Sam's, as we know. Uh, tell us why Dinner with Dolores. I just want Sam to be my friend. Frankly, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, he does prefer me to you and I don't want to, I, I noticed I, that on the pod. That's why I was, no matter how many times you yourself post Ed's my favorite. There are other people who like me too. Okay. I, and I'm going to get them by the by. That's my, that's my, I whole know you're going to get them. I know I'm doomed. Yeah. My numbers are shrinking. <laughs> now this is a, this is an earworm song for me. I told you that. Like, I, I feel like every couple of months I get that ding, 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 fling yeah. that, that little riff yeah. pops in my head. I like this track. I think it's yeah. a fun little track. So, um, it's um yeah so i just put it it's a memorable track for me in the 90s for there you go how about you what you have for your number five my number five is jam of the year 
I love that thing. To me, I just I I think it's such a stellar album opener. I just love that he opens with that. It's such a I love the brashness of the declaration, you know, uh, as mm-hmm. as the way to introduce a record. Um, and I just I dig this. I I just dig the tune. I just dig it. I think it's a groove, man. Jam of the year is my number five. Cool. All right. Well, all for number four, I have Love to the Nines. Oh, yes. You do love Love to the Nines. Tell us about that. Love to the Nines. Love to the Nines. I, I just have a fondness for this track because, again, now this is my own, of course, personal take. I was not I was a bit disappointed by Diamonds and Pearls. Right. Uh, there's a couple of tracks there. They're definitely solid and very good. But I um, was not very happy. And then I didn't particularly like My Name is Prince either that song this is track two on the love symbol album so i get off my name is prince and i'm like oh he's really trying to do rap i'm not sure how i feel about this this song starts and it goes through its journey and i just was like okay this is making me feel really good about prince going forward because it was one of those prince songs when i feel like he's at its best when he's at his best is when the song takes twists and turns through jazz rap and I felt like this is one of those songs where he effortlessly goes through a bunch of different styles and it's very catchy. There's jazz in there. I don't even mind the rap part. I know you weren't a big fan of it. So I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this song. I think it's a really sure. good song. No, there's, I, you might remember when we did that episode, I feel like the first two thirds of that are outstanding. And then I, it does lose the thread for me, but it's a great, it's a great track. There's great stuff on it. So my track number four is Emancipation. Uh, the title track uh, from obviously from Emancipation. And I don't know that I ever heard Prince sound as personally joyful as he does on that track. I don't mm. think there's any character work on that. I don't think he's telling a story about a, someone else. It's right. him. It's his own joy. It's his own freedom that he's feeling. And he's yep. expressing it in this big, big way. And yep. listening to Emancipation makes me feel free. So I just I, I really I love it. I love Emancipation. So that's my number four. Very cool. Oh, this is hard, man. I put a list and I start writing additional songs. I know. We'll, we'll do. We'll do like um. What's, what we, what's the category? Auxiliary. Honorable uh, mention. Honorary mention. I couldn't think of the phrase honorable mention. That's the one. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'll just. I'm going to go with this because I just wrote it down quickly. This is another bit of a dark horse. Okay. But I put for number three, when the lights go down from the Vault album. Whoa, that is a dark horse, and I'm thrilled to hear it. Tell us about that one. I mean, I'm going to repeat what I just said on the album review. Like, I can listen to the intro of this track forever and yeah. ever and ever. Like, the the jazz of it, the the little touches of piano, it's endlessly just cool. And his vocal on this is so good. Oh yeah, it's low. It's he does a little, but he does the falsetto, but then he does this kind of low thing. This song is just for me it's it's lights out well it's lights go down it's, it's lights, lights out down. great like i just think this is a very and it's i'm sure it's a track people don't even think of because no one really thinks of the vault album but right. this is an amazing and i think we actually gave it a pretty favorable review the vault album surprisingly we this did is, we the the the, the, both of us, the, the, yeah. the vault is a is in my estimation uh an underrated gem i think yeah yeah so um, this that's i just yeah i'm always i'm always down for when the lights go down how about you good uh, my number three, and I'm going to credit our friend Lee Cocker again on this one, um, is The Love We Make. You know, yeah. like, I, I really love that song when I heard it. And I know that I've got three tracks from Emancipation here. One, two, three, boom, boom, boom. I understand yeah. that. But 
him talking about how much that song meant to him. I remember after conducting an interview thinking, oh man, I got to listen to that again. The Love We Make is, I think that's a stunner. I think that's a stunner of a ballad. I'm not even sure if ballad is the right word. It's more like a, it's like a thesis. It's like a, it's like a, you know, a a treatise of of philosophy. And um, it's, it's another song where I like the scale of it, the sweep of it, the scope of it. And um, it grows in my estimation every time I hear it. So that's, that's up there for me. Got it. Yeah. Only two left. So this one was hard. Cause again, I started writing additional songs thinking, Oh, this should, this probably should have made the list, yeah. but I'm going to do this. I'm going to, this was this. I'm putting this on here because in my, in my opinion, this is his best single released in the nineties. Okay. And in my opinion, that best single is the song seven. Oh, well it's, you can't seven is undeniable. It's undeniable. So, and this again, talking about the Love Symbol album and coming off Diamonds and Pearls, which I again had there's a couple songs in there, and I can mention like Insatiable was like one of my honorable mentions, for example. But like when we got when I got to this track in the album, I thought this is gonna be a huge hit for him. And yeah. it's not as not as it gonna be a huge hit, it sounds constructed to be a, a huge hit. This is still a very unique sounding, Middle Eastern sounding, odd track with oh, interesting okay. harmonies and acoustic guitar. Very odd. Nothing like this. He doesn't have anything that sounds like this in his catalog, but it's also incredibly catchy. And also that Prince kind of like cryptic lyrical stuff was coming back into play here with us. Like, what's it mean? What's he talking about? I don't know. It's kind of interesting. So it has a lot of those great features that make a Prince song a Prince song. Uh, tough to tough to deny. I, I would never disagree with that. Uh, that at all. I, I, I totally hear that. My number two is Pussy Control. Um, <laughs> I think Pussy Control is also an all-time uh, album opener. I think it's maybe his single funniest song. Um, and it's it's also, let us not forget, a total jam. Pussy Control is a total jam. And uh, I love it. I love Pussy Control. Um, and I think it's, uh, I mean, it, you know, you, you're not going to hear it on the radio. But it's a great, it's a great, great, great track. So I love, I love that song. So that's my number two. Cool. Then we'll, we get down to number one. Down to oh, number should one. We, should we mention some honorable mentions if you want to throw? I just have two. I'm really I, quick. I made a quick list of, I have one, two, three, four, five. I have six honorable mentions. Oh, wow. Okay. I just dropped two down. Go ahead. And you, oh, so many. So I already mentioned, like, what's insatiable to me yeah. is um, definitely, um, I think, one of his best ballads. So I really dig insatiable. Yeah. And yeah. The one that was, I'm like, man, I should put this on the list. I don't know. Cause it's definitely one I listen to a lot and I come back and I jam to it is sexy MF. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's undeniably groovy. And that kind of James Brown funk construction. Um, It's the best version of that, that he's ever put together is sexy MF. Yeah. That's I I couldn't agree more. I'll run down these. um, I'll run these down. And I have, I have one sort of special category that I'll talk about after I finish, but uh Here's what I put down for my honorable mentions. I put down the ride. Yeah. Unbelievable. Dreaming about you because that doesn't sound like anything else in his catalog. And I'm fascinated by that song. I also put down seven. I put down one that I know you're not a fan of, but I do love it is gold. I do love gold. Um, You like, yeah, it's great. And then uh, the last honorable mention I have right now, and I, I tried to mostly stay away from the singles um excluding seven but um i I love come i love the title track 
again, like I, I'm a fan of that song. The scale of it, the the the, the breadth of it is just I, I just dig it. I, I like that it just like I'm gonna tell you this and let's just do it for let's sit here for 11 minutes together. Like, yeah. right, let's do that. Yeah. Let's sit here. I'm I'm here for that. So um nice. So there's that. And I'll save my one special category until we're done. So you keep going. Okay, cool. Number well, one. Speak, well, speaking of spending some time together, I'm gonna spend some time together and it's gonna be an interesting journey. Um, it's gotta be crystal ball. Uh, yes. Of course. Yes. Of course. Is there anything you want to say? Bong speaks for itself. Like just folks, if for some reason you haven't listened to crystal ball, pause this bad boy, go look up crystal ball, sit down, put some headphones on Bose, um, not sponsoring us for not yet. Not yet. Not yet. They are. They will. Uh, And uh, yeah, just, just soak this song in because it is, it is a quite a fascinating journey. Absolutely. So my number one, uh, which is a bit of a cheat because it was recorded in the 80s, but it was released in the 90s, is, of course, Pink Cashmere. Uh, You know, uh, I won't I won't go on at length about it. Everyone who listens to the show has heard my love of Pink Cashmere. I just think it is uh, one of the single most beautiful things he ever recorded. Uh, The vocal, the music. Everything about it is just an all all timer for me. So pink cashmere. I want to just say though, my special category, which I mentioned, there is one song that's sort of standing apart. And and to echo you, Ed, it is Crystal Ball. I think Crystal Ball is such a stunning achievement that it sort of deserves its own little spot. Um, special achievement award for <laughs> special achievement award. Artistic merit uh, gives to Crystal yeah. Ball. Uh, what a stunner that is. And and again. Uh, to echo you, Ed, if anybody hasn't listened to Crystal Ball yet, that's the track. Do yourself shame a on you. Shame, shame on all. you. Yes. First of all, we're shaming you because we do enjoy <laughs> shaming people on the yes. show. But but give give Crystal Ball a listen. Uh, you won't you won't regret it at all. So there you have it. Those are our top fives of the 90s. What's your top album? Oh, Gold Experience. Love Symbol. There you go. Gold Experience is my top. Yeah. Even though. I have more tracks in my top five from Emancipation. I do think on the whole, the Golden well, Experience is the more satisfying album experience by far. But a, a, of the album, you did what? Like, can I do that math? You did one twelfth of the album. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, but as we said, if that had been that one album, Oof. man, who that would have been, been a killer. Yeah, that would have been a killer. That would have been a killer. Anyway, it is what it is. So, uh, Ed, any final thoughts as we say goodbye to the 90s and enter into the next century? I'm, listen, uh, you know, I, there is an album coming up. Jared and I have been hitting at, hinting at it every, every once in a while. And it's, it's, it's some, an album we find insanely fascinating. And it's going to be probably, it's probably top fiver for me, frankly. Wow. Um, uh, Really looking forward to kicking off season two. I believe we're kicking off with Rainbow Children. So I'm really looking forward. That's going to be a really interesting dive. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about Rainbow Children. We have been talking about it for such a long time. It was such a critically maligned record. uh, But Ed and I both feel very differently about it. So we're going to, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. So that's, that's how we're going to start off uh, season three, which will be coming soon. Um, in the meantime, Ed and I have some other little, maybe a couple other little things we're working on uh, to get some material out to you guys, which you think you'll enjoy. We don't want to say what it is just yet, but we're working on that. And um, as this comes out, as the rest of the summer 
Wayne's. I hope everyone is great and has had a great summer and everyone's healthy and well. Same here. Same sentiment for me. I mean, but I said it first. So I think more people should probably be saying Jared's my favorite on that. Trying so hard. You're one of those people, Jared. I just everyone likes you better than me, and it's just making it really difficult for me. My ego is fragile. Listen, I I try not to be liked, (laughs) but you can't help it. It doesn't stick, Jared. I know it doesn't. I mean, it's no. Of course, you're just you're just a joy that everyone wants to be around. (laughs) times <laughs> just i'm just this light this just a light you you're a beacon light. a beacon a beacon that just you know it's like it's like when the battery goes off in the uh in the uh the fire alarm and it's just annoying yep. you because it but it's like you you can't ignore it you can't ignore it it's there and technically oh, an to save your life so just I mean, way to describe me <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding you are a beacon of light. You're certainly a beacon oh, of light in my life. Sweet, sweet to say, Jared. Sweet to Dare say. Dare I say, you light up my life. Oh, there's the, listen, we're going to do, when you join us for the Debbie Boone podcast that we'll be doing <laughs> uh, after season three. Oh man, I can't wait for that Debbie Boone yep. one. We should yep. do it. We should do an episode, top five songs Prince should have covered. And you light up my life probably is number one. <laughs> number one, number one. Yes, absolutely. Number one with a bullet. Um, Anyway, everybody, we hope everyone's good. Thanks for listening. Uh, Lots more to come. Thanks for coming with us on this journey. And we'll be back soon. Absolutely. Love you so much, folks. Um, Happy, happy everything to you all. Wishing you all the best. And may you live. See the dawn. See the dawn. Bye, everybody. See you guys. Love you. Bye. Expert lover, my babe. You ever had a crystal ball? Expert lover, my babe. You ever had a crystal ball? Ooh, expert lover, my babe. You ever had a crystal ball? Expert lover, my babe. You ever had a crystal ball? As bombs explode around us and hate advances on the right, out there, thing that.